glorious day that the Lord has made. We are uh, welcome to join us to fellowship as we invite you to fellowship. A little something like this. Jesus in me, Jesus in you. Thank you. 
chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to go down to verse 14, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, you may stand in honor of God's word, Pastor's going to be preaching about holiness, holiness, amen, and it reads from 2 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Yes. Verse 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us walk toward complete holiness because we fear God. Amen. Amen.
Listen, uh, 
that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. May you be glorified, may you be magnified as we exalt your holy name, as we hear your word. Change us, transform us, renew us, refresh us. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we look in our text today, in the second Corinthians 6 chapter, we want to talk about for this month holiness. Talk about the spiritual discipline of seeking to be righteous and be holy before our holy God. I want to encourage us to remind us that God calls us to be holy. This is a command he gives and he initiates this when he calls his children out of Egypt. Leviticus 11 chapter verse 45 says, For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. Do you understand that God has set the standard that if you're going to walk with me, you're going to live with me, then you want to be able to act like me. He says, I am holy, so therefore you too should be holy. Help me preach to you and tell them, you should be holy. And, and so here's the thing about God's holiness. God's holiness is who he is. It's his character, what makes him up. So when we see God, we see holiness. We see his glory. We see his love. We see everything that is good because God is good. And so now, when he calls the children of Israel out, you understand? God also told them to build a tabernacle. Now, his tabernacle basically was like a mobile home, if you will. <laughs> Wherever they moved, they tore down the tabernacle and, and packed it up with them. And, the community, and, the, and the, they, when they were moving, transported, they would then rebuild that tabernacle. And then they would wait for Moses to go in and see the kind of glory of God come down upon the tent. And oftentimes, they would wait outside their own tent to just be in awe of God's presence being with them. But here's the beautiful thing is that when they tore down the tabernacle, God's presence lifted there. But yet God led them by cloud by day and fire by night, showing that he was always with them. But they could not just get into the tabernacle. Rituals have to be done. They had to se separate themselves. They had to prepare themselves. The priests, the, the Levites, those who went in, had to prepare themselves and set themselves apart. Hence, when we get the word sanctified or set apart, also another term of holy means to be sanctified and for a righteous and a holy purpose. The same thing as a sanctuary is a place devoted for worship, not for profane use or other use or worldliness, but a place of worship. So my question is to you that if you know that you're called to be holy, have you prepared a place to be holy? We look in our text today and we want to see how you are the temple of the living God. God desires to live with his people. He made that clear in Leviticus that he says that I will be your God, and I will be with you. Exodus 29, 45 says, Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God. To dwell with God is to live with God. The promise of our God, our Father, to look after his children brings us comfort. Children of Israel will comfort and know that we don't have an army, but we got God. 
So we can be in the wilderness knowing that our God is with us. And so how a little child is comfortable that I'm going to a strange place. As long as I'm holding mommy and daddy's hand, everything's going to be all right. And, and, and the more they're unsure, right, the more they get scared, what, the closer they get to that pair. Y'all see what happens there? The more we may not know where we're going, the closer we need to get to God. <laughs> and make sure that, Lord, I'm still under your protection. I'm still under your watch. Lord, I'm still here to see that you are able to take care of me. We understand that our God never sleeps nor slumber. He's always looking out for us. And we can relax and say, God, I trust you to be God. To live with him, to know his comfort. That's why we gain comfort in some of our deepest hurt and saddened times. <coughs> we oftentimes read the 23rd number of a psalm and at funerals and comfort the family because we get comfort from these words. And one thing we get comfort is that definitely that sixth verse. When it says, Sure, goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord. Do you understand that word house is also similar to that same word of temple? The same word for his temple is the same word for his house. So where God is, that's where I want to be. <laughs> and so have you prepared yourself to be a temple? The house of the Lord is the temple of the Lord. The house presents a united Community of fellowship and love and grace and understanding. When you have people in your house that live in your house and desire to have a place of humility, a place of unity, a place of peace, a place of refuge, you, you, you want to go home and feel good at your house. I'm going to talk to somebody. That you understand that I can have troubles at my workplace, struggles outside of the community, but when I get home, uh, that's why we say, come and go with me. To my father's house. Because there is peace. There is joy. There is love. Well, if you don't have peace, joy, and love in your house, my question, who's in your house? We want God to come. Hallelujah. We invite him. And so we want to live holy and desire God's presence in our life. For he calls us to be holy. As we look to our text, Paul writes this portion of this letter to Corinth, uh, his beloved church, his beloved friends, to encourage them to live a life of holiness. Uh, he's pointing out to them that in, in view of what Christ has done for you, uh, he died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. That's 2 Corinthians 5.15. He's leading up to the 6th chapter. So, so Jesus who died for us. So that we can now live for him. And this life we now live is no longer for us. But for him who died for us. Who rose from the grave for us. Who defeated death for us. Who took the, our place on the cross. And took our punishment. Took our shame. So that we might have life. And life more abundantly. So then, therefore, that's why you see in verse 14, we talk song. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? 
First, I want to highlight to us that we need a desire to be holy. To desire to be holy means you want to be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus, that means you can't be in this world. We, I'm sorry, we can't be of this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. Uh, we want to be of Christ. We want to be begotten of him. We want to show his DNA. That's why Jesus taught us and the disciples and I am the vine and you are the branches. You see that when we have his DNA, then we see fruit in our lives. We should desire to realize that, Lord, in order to get close to you, I must separate myself from things that are not like you. We should not be walking around living a life of sin and talking about how we love Jesus. Uh, you, you can go through social media and see people's posts about how they love Christ. They got a Bible verse, but they got nothing scriptural in all their feet. You go on down, you don't see nothing about church, nothing about God, but they can put out, I love Christ, I love God, but they can put down everything that's, that's not going to bring glory to Him on their feet. Y'all don't hear me. Uh, y'all probably not on social media, but those who are on social y'all know what I'm talking about. Know you are to be in step with the Lord. Follow Him. That means don't team up. Don't partner with those who are not believing in Him. Know that they are out there to distract, destroy, because that's all the enemy is for. To kill, steal, and destroy. So we walk in God's light. We will expose the darkness. And so we just, when we desire holiness, we desire what is good, we desire what is right, and we look to Demonstrate that in our lives. We want to model that in His presence. So if I desire to be holy, then I desire to be in God's presence. When I desire to be in God's presence, I want to clean up my house so He can come in. That's why Psalm 27 4 is a good one to know too that the one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and desire in His temple and meditate in His temple. Again, the word temple is another word used to translate either house or sanctuary. So to be in his temple is to be in his house, and to be in his house, to be in his presence, and to be in his presence is for me to understand I can't just come anywhere. I gotta humble myself, I gotta submit myself to him. And so therefore I must realize that I cannot be caught up in this world and try to live a holy life. Second Corinthians six sixteen says, What Union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. We look at some of the actions that takes for us to be the temple and the sanctuary of God. As I prepare myself to be a sanctuary i got to remove those things that will not make it a sanctuary. You understand? i got to remove the idols. And, and now we don't necessarily have graven images that we bring fruits to, that we bring flowers to, uh, that we make out of libation or cook a meal for. But yet we have idols that we go to. Uh, we go to a certain store. We go to a certain boat. We go to a certain place. We go to do these things and we bring everything to them. We dress up for this. We put on our best clothes for this. We bring all that we can to this. You don't mind going broke for this. But when it comes time to come before the Lord, I don't have time for that. Why, why, why will I get dressed up to go see him, but I will get dressed up to go out at night? But let me get sick. I won't call the club, but I'm going to call on God. Hell yeah, y'all are here. 
See, see, we, our idols are not necessarily our graven images, but the things that we desire to spend most of our time with, the things that we give most of our energy to, can have distracted us from giving it to God. We need to remove these idols. These things that have come into our house, that have hindered us, that have strangled us, that have disabled us, to be able to give God our best. So you need to identify those idols in your life, and it's not hard to identify them. Uh, just go through an inventory and find out what is the hardest thing that's hard for you to give up and why. Why would it be hard for you to give that stuff? And here's the thing that with some things that we have, right? My favorite car, my favorite chair, my favorite remote, right? Don't, don't touch my TV, right? But yet sometimes we're able to give it up, right? And say, oh, you know what? You can watch what you want to watch. Oh, you can, you can sit here. Here's the keys to my car, right? Because I'm willing to give it up because I understand I will not let this desire control me. But there's some things in our lives that we won't give up. The question is why? Why won't you give it up? Why is it so hard to hold on? And that's when we got to have God wrestle with us or work with us or find out what's the issue in my heart that I'm not dealing with, I'm not addressing. What is this? Is this envy? Is this jealousy? Is this anger? Is this hatred? Is this spite? But what is it that's not of you, God, that's hindering me from giving up everything? But what does a man profit? To gain the whole world but loses his soul. Again, we want to desire him. The one thing I desire, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and delight in the Lord's perfections and meditate in his temple. Wanting to be in God's presence means that you're seeking to do everything to bring glory to him. Wanting to be in God's presence means like I don't go to come. Think about it. When you go to a certain restaurant and you know there's a dress code, you follow the dress code. If you got to put on a suit and jacket, you're going to put it on. Right? No sneakers allowed, you're going to put dress shoes on. No jeans allowed, you're going to put slacks on. We, 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 we always adjust to get into what we want, but when we want God, we will say, God, I'm not going to do anything to change. When He just wants you to humble you. That's why when Jesus talked that parable about the, the camel, it's, more, it's easy for the camp to get through the eye of the needle for the rich man to get into heaven means that the rich man can't humble himself. So we must remove our ego, remove our pride, and humble ourselves and truly be able to say, Lord, take everything. Take everything. I don't want it. I don't need it. I just want you. I just want you. Want to be in God's presence. To adore him. And then when we are in his presence and we can adore him, we start realizing that, God, you're good. God, you love me better than I love myself. You're better to me than I deserve. Your, your grace, your patience is awesome, is, is beautiful, is wonderful. Just think about how we got people in our own house today that we have lived with. Or we don't, if you have an empty house, you probably had a roommate or somebody before. That's why you're by yourself because you couldn't stand there. But God desires to have a relationship with you, knowing that you are no good, <laughs> knowing that you're not right. But yet he says, I'm here to love you and show you how to get right. I'm going to love you past your pain, love you past your problems, love you past your issues because I love you. Here's the thing about how God loves us when we get this present. He does not love us for what we can do for him. He loves us for what he can do for us. For God so loved the world he gave. And we didn't do anything. He said, I love you so much. I will show you how much I love you. Who is a God like our God? 
that loves us in such an awesome way. So not only am I designed to be in this temple, I'm designed to be in this presence. And we are, when we are cleaning up our house, because we want God in our house, we start realizing there's some things I gotta throw out. There's some times that, that we have some spring cleaning in your house, right? You find out why do I still have this? It has no use, it has no purpose. Why do I still have it? We just throw it away, but yet it takes some time for us to reflection to go through in our lives and start looking at this issue, some things that's real, that's real, that's hindering me from having what I need or having a cleaner space because I'm holding on to some things I need to let go. Some of us emotionally have so much anger towards somebody that we don't understand why we're so spiteful, so angry towards them. And the question is that have you forgiven? Have you let go? Here's the thing that we deal with this world. This world is sometimes that everybody wants to be right. And so I will die being right than showing humility even when I know I am right. Is that what Jesus did? Jesus did not have to die on the cross as a criminal. He could have probably defended himself and raised up hopes and let them know that, nah, all these witnesses can testify, I am who I say I am. But no, he humbled himself and took it in. Why? Because in order for us to get right, he had to humble himself and be wrong for them. He who knew no sin became sin. But yet we want to die on a hill just to prove that we're right. God is saying, I just want you to humble yourself. Acknowledge that you have sin, acknowledge it, and let it go. There's a time in our life to forgive means to let it go. Forgive does not mean that person's right. Forgive does not mean that person is going to get whatever is you know, coming their way. Forgive means that you have let it go. They still got to deal with what's in their heart. But you have no control over them. You have no heaven or hell to put them in. But yet we think we do. And now you know, you you walking around with so much burden, so much hatred, because you cannot let go of the hurt that someone has given Here's the beautiful thing about when we can focus on Jesus. It, it turns our, our mourning into joy. Just to get in this sanctuary, it changes your confidence. To come before his presence changes what you're going And so I encourage you that some of us are dealing with so much stress in our lives. My question is, have you invited Jesus to come into God? Don't try to think about what someone else is doing wrong. Just say what God has done right. Think about what God has done in your life. Think of the good things that he's done. I, I see some smiles out there right now because that's what happens, right? When you start thinking how good God is, it just changes your comment. You could be having the worst day of your life, but you could take a moment and say, thank you, Jesus. It gives me energy to make it through. Many of us have been with people who are dying on their bed, but yet they are able to say, Thank you, Jesus. Got pain and suffering in their body. Maybe they can barely breathe, but they can say amen when they hear a prayer. How is it that they're able to say, Because I realize that God, you are worth of all the praise. We who are healthy are being talked by them, how to worship them, even when things aren't going good. The closer we get to Him in His presence, it helps us understand how to live for Him, how to let go of those idols, these issues, these things that are hindering us from getting in. <clears throat> and then when we get there, right, He prays. You know, the praise of Him is to give Him praise. 
And the text says that we are the temple of the living God. We're praising the living God. The God of the living. The God who is in control of all things. The God who looks after us each and every day. The God that taught us through the Son of God, Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily God, you provide for us. Daily God, you look after us. Daily God, you help us. And then as we pursue you, God, in a right relationship, God, we realize we can trust you that you will lead us not into temptation. Make him your desire. But here's the beautiful thing that when you make him desire, you praise him, you also recognize him to be your God, to be your Father. And you understand that we were created to bring him glory. We are created to worship him. Isaiah 43 and 7 says it this way, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. So just give it all to God, for it all belongs to him. And then verse 17 and 18 of 2 Corinthians 6 chapter tells us that, Therefore come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them. Says the Lord, don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. When you give yourself to God, you discover God as your father and realize you have everything that you need. There's, there's nothing that with the Father will withhold from you if He did not withhold His only begotten. So therefore, let us not get caught up with what is unclean, but seek what is clean, what is good. That's why we should separate ourselves, be sanctified, be holy. That, that means that we are not living in this world, but we're going to be obedient to the Spirit of God. When I think about this, this, this verbiage that Paul is pointing out here, it reminds me of a father or a mother talking to the child before they go somewhere together. And, and some of you might have had this conversation more than once. I had it every time. Uh, some of y'all might have this one time, but I got this conversation every time. Don't you embarrass me. So basically saying that when we go in this place, I want you to represent me. Don't embarrass me. Here it is. God is letting us know that I am your father. You are my sons. You are my daughters. Don't embarrass me. Be holy for I am holy. And I, I got you covered because I know you're not perfect. That's why Jesus died on the cross for your sins. So you don't have to get it right, but just get right. <laughs> just get right next to me. Your desire to be in my presence. And there's going to be some times in your life that you're going to fall. You're going you're to hinder yourself. You're going to stumble and fall. But yet, if you can look up and call on the name of Jesus, you realize that he is Faithful and just to cleanse us of all the righteousness and forgive us our sin. God has declared this great covenant with us through Jesus. And so when we understand this covenant we have with Jesus, then why do we make idols? Why are we being distracted by things that can't do anything for us? That's why the text points clearly in this text, the living God. Because Idols they made back then were not living. They were inanimate objects. They had no eyes to see, no ears to hear, no lips to speak, no hands to help. 
but they made hands for them, they made ears for them, they made eyes for them, and they could do all those things in their imagination, but yet when time came, they found out that nothing could stand before the Lord. Therefore, we remove what is not of God. We make room for God. We make room for Him to feel the temple, to fill us with His presence. And then we're able to express the fruit of repentance, the fruit of the Spirit. We are the temple of the living God. And as a temple of the living God, we should be living to give him glory. And notice when he says that he will be our God, he will live with us, he will dwell with us, suggests to us that God is with us and he's not against us. So he that is with us is greater than he that is against us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. When I'm walking in obedience in the fellowship with my God, because He is holy, I desire to be holy, I'm fellowshipping with Him, that means I, that it's easy for me to recognize when things come in that should not be in there. You know when you clean your house up, it's easy to see when things are misplaced. Right? You, you, you know when you just wash your car, it's easy to find the scratches and the dents. When you buff and wash it, it, it seems like your car was, was in better condition before you wash it. When you wash it, I didn't know I had to scratch here. I don't know I had this ditch. How did that get here? But that's what happens when we wash ourselves up and we get before the Lord. We start realizing that God, I am not perfect. There's some issues in my life that you help cover up. <laughs> that help me do better than I could ever do before. Because God, you are good. But yet we understand that this body that was going to get some dips, is going to get some scraps, it's going to get some pain. Why? Because this body is going to die. But in over in glory, he's going to create a new body. That will be changed and treatment of an eye forever to be in his presence. To be holy. For God is holy. Pursue holiness and hold to the promises of the Lord. As you get close to looking at this last verse of our text today, in 2 Corinthians 7 1, which says this Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything. That can defile our body or spirit. And let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. Place, placing our hope in Him moves us to be holy, for He is holy. When we clean ourselves, that means we remove everything that defiles our body and spirit. We are working towards being a vessel, holy and pleasing before God, so that we can be used for God, by God. These promises that Paul alludes to in his text are these promises. We will have a new body prepared for us, not made by man's hands. We'll be present with the Lord when we are absent from this earthly body. We are new creatures in Christ. Then we also know that we are the temple of the living God. We are called to be holy because of the holy ones who work on the cross for us. Who were at one time far away from the living God, live in sin. We were made holy by the shedding of the blood 
of Jesus on the cross. We cannot be made holy on our own, but by the grace of God. We are called holy because Jesus makes us holy when we call him our Lord and Savior. When we call on Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we find out about his amazing grace that saved a wretch like you and me. When we understand and we call on Jesus, we find out about his amazing grace, then we become in awe of how much he loves us. Because we start reflecting on, Lord, I know what I have done, I, I know what I'm going to do, and yet you still love me? God, i got to change for the better. And then I can be reminded by saying my word, I might read some scriptures like Peter, finding out how Jesus says, I'm praying for you. The enemy wants to shift you like wheat, but I know you're going to mess up. I, I know you're going to fall, but I'm praying that after you repent, you go and restore the brothers. You understand that God knows you're going to mess up, but I got you covered. If you, and you repent and, and you restore, restore, then, then I will use because that's what happened. Peter messed up. He denied Jesus. He went, he went back fishing, and Jesus came out and said, will you feed my sheep? And now we know him from feeding the sheep. Thank God that he does not give up on us. At times we give up on ourselves. At times that we think we're not going to make it. He says, I will still send love and courage and people into your life to help you know that you are better than what you think you are. Because I know how great you are because I made you. And you know everything God made is good. So we want to show the nature of our awesome God. And the character of our awesome God. And how we live. How we honor him, how we move Because he made us to worship him. He made us to bring him glory. And he has blessed us that he wants to live with us. He wants to dwell with us. So have you prepared your house to be a sanctuary? Have you prepared your body, your house to be a temple? Because you know the body now, we don't we don't need a tabernacle to travel with us. We don't need a temple to go meet him. For we are the body of Christ. The believers make up the body of Christ. Collectively and individually, together we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you allow God to use and transform, how can you do that again? Remove those idols. Clean up that house. Seek after him. And you'll realize you can remove those things that you've been cleaning up, keep on showing up, it'll be easy to stop them and remove them as you humble yourself to praise him and to worship him in your daily life. Because you are the temple of the Lord. God, we are grateful. That you have called us to be holy. You called us to be your children. You are our Father. We are your sons and daughters. We thank you, Lord, that even when we don't know what's going on, that just to be in your presence brings us comfort, brings us peace. And able to withstand the adversities we're facing in our lives. 
to know that, Lord, just to be in your presence and to be before you, to worship you and to magnify you will give us the strength and the energy uh, to make it through these days until you come back again. So, Father, I pray there might be someone who does not know you, Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and that they believe that Jesus defeated them and rose from the grave. And, Lord, we thank that you are exalted, seated at the right hand of his majesty in high. Father, I pray that as they confess this, Lord, you guide them to a Bible-believing priest and teach the church uh, where they can be discipled and continue to grow in the admonition of your love, your grace, and your mercy amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, Father, bless us to have your word hidden in the hearts of God. We hold on to what is true, that we truly walk after you and be holy, as you called us to be holy, as we want to be your temple, your sanctuary, for your glory we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us uh, live right where you are or when you check in to watch this broadcast. Thank you for joining us in the worshiping. And we pray you continue to be encouraged. And you are the temple of the living spirit, the, uh, the, the living God, as you confess and know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God bless you. May he keep you. May we give your tithes and offerings also through our website as we prepare here uh, to give our tithes and offerings. Thanks for you. Let us pray. Mighty God, we Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you with an order belongs to you. He has to bless those, Lord, who desire to give and yet have none. But Lord, we pray that all that was given may be a blessing to increase and multiply for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you. May you keep it till we leave again.